0: opponent preview series continues. It's Gamecocks versus Gamecocks at williams Bryce Stadium this season as Jacksonville State comes to town to kick off the month of November. We've got Thomas
2: Ashworth
0: of the Aniston Star here to break down everything JSU football. Thomas, I
2: appreciate you taking the time, my friend. It is a pleasure to have you on. What's going on? I'm doing good man excited to talk some gamecocks football with another person <laughs> who talks about gamecocks football. It's it's weird to
0: hear somebody else say that but that know that they're not referring to the South Carolina Gamecocks.
2: So when, so when let's it, point. yeah go ahead go ahead. And I was saying when it came up I mean it was like like you said earlier like low hanging fruit. Yeah. Uh, and some people are going to be excited about Gamecocks versus Gamecocks. Let's also point out by the way Thomas before we get going because
0: I feel like too many people get this messed up. Jacksonville State is not in Florida. It is in exactly. Alabama. Okay, let's let's get that right. It's in the state of Alabama. I want to make that clear. Some people just do not realize that or they're too lazy to do the research. Jacksonville mm-hmm. State Gamecocks located in Jacksonville, Alabama. Either way, let's talk some JSU, Thomas. And appreciate you taking the time. Before we look at this season, let's look back. JSU goes 9-2, 5-0 and in conference, their final season in the A-Sun, which we'll get into in just a second. Just talk about what went right in year one of Rich Rodriguez, the new head coach.
2: I mean, it, almost everything that could have went right went right. I mean, um, really the lone hiccups, the lone hiccup was against Tulsa, a, a really powerful FBS opponent. Um, but still, I mean, if a rich rodriguez offense is going to get coached then it's going to succeed um i mean things were right on the ground game there were a lot of really big contributors that were able to step up who will also be returning um whether they're in their second year or their seventh year for a couple of them but still um i mean if rich rodriguez was just able to work with the offense that he was given and um and most of the coaches that um jacksonville states had they it's either been people who've coached high school as people who've, and besides Jack Crow, but still there's Rich Rodriguez is probably just the, the most, you know, well-minded coach um, that Jacksonville States had. So being able to see him work with the tools that he was given and find success was really encouraging.
0: Yeah. Thomas, Rich Rod is certainly well-known. He spent a ton of time in the FBS level and who better to lead Jacksonville state into that new era Just talk about the mood and the vibe from the JSU fan base around having a coach like Rich Rodriguez on campus. Again, like you mentioned, I have to think that, you know, the optimism is high when you have a guy with the experience, the knowledge, the leadership that a Rich Rodriguez has.
2: So when they were going around with the coaching hiring process, it was, you know, are there some assistance from other FCS schools that could get hired? Are there, the think that the biggest high profile guy was somebody who coaches with the New York Giants who happened to coach at UAB so people are like oh there's a connection there but nobody would have imagined that they would bring in a guy like Rich Rodriguez and there were plenty of applicants I think that the job was attractive obviously because of the FBS uh, move that would that was already announced but still I mean the vibe is great people are really excited and you know Rich Rodriguez has proven success at Every level from NAIA all the way to uh, FBS football ho- almost reached a national championship. So when you bring a guy like that in, regardless, uh, it's really exciting. But still, for Jacksonville State to land a guy like that, I mean, people were, I, I would say, shocked that they were able to land a guy th- of that high profile.
0: Now, Thomas, Jacksonville State is going through a major transition from the FCS to FBS this season, go into the Conference USA. Just talk about that transition, the pros, the cons. Obviously, there there is an adjustment there, right? You go from sort of dominating FCS to now the level of competition certainly steps up, but certainly it's a positive mood. And as I mentioned, who better to lead them into it than a guy in Rich Rod who's been at the FBS level his entire career. Just thoughts on that move and that transition and how things are going in Jacksonville, Alabama, as they get ready for a new era of Gamecock
2: football. Well, with Rich Rodriguez, he's been there at every single level, like I said. But still, if it's he's they're playing a, a community college opponent, or if they're playing Alabama, he's going to treat it the exact same. He's going to treat practice of the exact same. So, you know, we, I was out there yesterday at practice, and somebody asked, "What's the vibe as they go into FBS?" And they said, "It's the same old, same old." You know, Rich Rodriguez is still going to coach us the way that Rich Rodriguez coaches. Um, as far as the, the money is concerned, everything with the TV deals um, is really exciting. Um, Jacksonville state has two weekend weekday games and in Jacksonville, they have two, I think two more uh, on the road. So that's also really exciting to be able to get a primetime slot, something that Jacksonville state hasn't had that much of. And now they get, I think five or six primetime games. So Really exciting um, as far as that's concerned, but the campus is also growing because of it. I mean, they're building um, a new field house, they're building new dorms, they're building everything, and it's taken a lot on the toll of, you know, parking, but still, um, it's really exciting to see not just the football community grow, but also the campus grow as part of it. Thomas, you mentioned the weekday games, and we'll get into
0: the 2023 schedule a little bit later in the show, but you mentioned they play on a Wednesday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday. So there's going to be plenty of time to uh, in the middle of the week. You're looking for some good football to watch. Jacksonville State will be on TV for sure. Let's talk, Thomas, about this 2023 Gamecocks football team, which, again, I got to get used to that when I say Gamecocks football team. I'm thinking South Carolina, but we're talking JSU. When you look at the offense, JSU got a huge boost when they heard that Zion Webb was approved for his seventh College season, he will return as QB1 this season. You've got Starling Galbon, P.J. Wells, Ahmad Edwards leading the receiving corps. Sean Brown returns as a nice weapon for you at the tight end position. Four of five offensive linemen return. And then Anwar Lewis and Ron Wiggins man the running game. So there's a ton of experience that already would have been, no matter what the situation would have been at quarterback. Tons of experience on this offense. But getting Zion Webb back is the piece that I think had to land for jacksonville state to probably hit their goals and and really achieve this season in conference usa just talk about the offensive side of the football what you expect that to look like in rich
2: rodriguez's second season for those that aren't i don't know how many of those out there follow jacksonville <laughs> state football of your listeners but there's two guys on the team that are returning for a seventh season uh for jacksonville state um quite the storyline so kind of during the spring practice, um, we couldn't talk design because of NCAA stuff, but still it's, he was out there practicing, not knowing if he was even going to play in the fall. Um, so when we found out the news and we broke the news, um, it was, it was a, we, we immediately talked about it, um, you know, as, as a positive, whether it's a guy who's going to start, whether it's a guy who's going to be on the bench, having a guy that's been there since 2017 is a huge plus, but this guy, he was, he's been an all conference player. Um, he, he's really dominant on the ground when he can be. And, um, Still, granted, um, Rich Rodriguez has plenty of quarterbacks to work with. I think the count yesterday that I counted was nine quarterbacks on the roster. Um, for reference, I think that the second most in Conference USA is six. So there's plenty of quarterbacks to work with, but still getting a guy like Zion Webb, who has had proven success, um, whether they're playing in the FBS level or playing FCS football, it doesn't matter. Um, still having a guy like that's really exciting for Rich Rodriguez, for sure. Now, Thomas, you look at the
0: defensive side of the football. Chris Hardy and J Rock Swain, which, by the way, a name J Rock, that's got to be one of the best names in college football. Chris Hardy, J Rock Swain, they man the edges. They combined for 10 and a half sacks last season. Anthony Nesby and Jackson Latrette are in the interior defensive line. You've also got Auburn transfer Colby Fuqua. Is that how you say his last name? I, I think that, yeah. I think so. Something like that. Either way. Auburn transfer in the linebacker position. He's going to lead that linebacker core. A really nice player and a really nice pickup there. And then Jamari, Jemison, Jeremiah Harris, they return in the secondary. And it's a defensive group that I think that's probably where the biggest transition is going to be, right? Going from the A-Sun to defending against these Conference USA offenses. Just talk about the defensive side of the football and what you're expecting from that group this season.
2: Um, I mean, watching Conference USA football, you know that it's it's a lot of points, um, and it can be when it wants to be. But um, and that's and Rich Rodriguez like scoring a lot of points too. But um, there's still some solid contributors. I mean, um, J Rock Swain, um, he he's a hometown guy. He grew up like 20 minutes down the road from Jacksonville State. Um, he'll be a huge contributor. And Chris Hardy, like you said,
1: we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate.
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSC. I mean, there's two guys who are have really been anchors in the FCS level. I don't see why that wouldn't change uh, at the FBS level. And Jeremiah Harris, he's the guy that um, he's returning for a seventh season as well. Um, last season, he wasn't sure if he'd play, but this season, um, he's able to play. So I think that the secondary will also be pretty good uh, considering that there's a guy that was there for a seventh season and um, and he's still succeeding and he's really doing well. I mean, yesterday he said, oh, they're calling me grandpa and pops and uncle and all that, but um, still having a guy like that to lead the defense is really strong. But like you said, um, there's really some talented pieces and I don't really see a, an immediate hole uh, in the defense, which is really exciting, um, especially when you look at um, some times you know in jacksonville state's uh couple last couple seasons where there were some holes but still this is a really loaded group of defensive players and there i think that there's still um some coming in from the transfer portal too so it's really exciting for sure
0: now thomas moving to special teams alan keberjik is back at kicker jack dawson's at punter michael petway and sterling Galbon. man the return game anything stand out <clears throat> excuse me anything stand out in regards to Gamecock special teams heading into the year
2: well, Alan Karadzic is a guy that was, um, he was borderline snubbed from the all conference team last season. Um, he made more kicks. He had a higher uh, field goal percentage. He um, had a higher average kickoff from the guy that got the honor, but he still was snubbed. So he's a guy that probably doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. He is money uh, most of the time. Um, you can count on him for sure. And Jack Dawson's uh, and, um He's an all-conference guy as well. Uh really exciting to watch him punch. He's from Australia. Um, a little Jacksonville State trivia if you're ever in Jacksonville. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of guys who could be returning the ball. I mean, there's um, like you said, Mike Patway, Sterling Galvin. Um, I think last year or the last couple of years, Ahmad Edwards saw snaps at uh, kick returner as well, but he transferred to Ball State, so they're losing him and they're really experimenting a lot with um the kick returner position. There's a guy as well. Um, that we saw in the springs. Um, he plays quarterback, but his name's Carter Lambert, but he was one of the fastest guys on the team. So Rich Rodriguez is really saying, you know, if you're talented and you're, you know, and you want to play and you have the desire to play, we're going to put you somewhere. It might not be your desired position, but we're going to try you out in a lot of places. So I wouldn't be surprised to see four or five guys that um, return punts or kicks at some point in the season for Jacksonville State.
0: So, Thomas, looking at JSU overall, 14 starters are back, so it's a veteran group, eight on the offensive side, six on the defensive side. You look at the 2023 schedule. You open up actually in week zero against UTEP. Then you have East Tennessee State at Coastal Carolina. That'll be a really fun one. Then you have the bye week, Eastern Michigan, which is your homecoming. Uh, Then you mention these kind of of middle-of-the-week games. You have at Sam Houston on a Thursday, at Middle Tennessee on a Wednesday, Liberty at home on a Tuesday, Western Kentucky at home on a Tuesday, at FIU on a Wednesday. Then you go to South Carolina. You have that second bye week, of course, because you open up in week zero. Then you close out with with Louisiana Tech and at New Mexico State. So just talk about that 2023 slate, how it sets up for Jacksonville State, and what do you feel like are realistic expectations in year one of FBS competition for this football program?
2: Well, obviously, this is the hardest schedule Jacksonville State's had in its history, um, considering they're at the FBS level. But still, there's some really exciting matchups. Um, I mean, I think that um, UTEP is going to be an exciting game just because I think that that is pretty on par um, as far as talent level. Still, UTEP has a really solid offensive line, but still, there's a lot of people who don't really understand that Jacksonville state dominated at the FCS level for so long, and they're getting so many pieces um, from FBS teams that still, I think that they'll be able to make some noise. I think that um, honestly, they have their first three out of their four games are very winnable. Coastal Carolina has been a solid team, uh, top 25 team for a long time. So that may give them some struggles on the road, but still, I think that this, that the opening slate's really exciting and very winnable games. Against FIU, they beat FIU only two seasons ago. Um, and that's still a team that granted they finished below them in the um conference USA poll, but still it's um uh, that's a that's a very winnable game. Um and Jacksonville State's had success against uh FBS opponents before. They took down Florida State just a couple seasons ago. <laughs> um very exciting. Uh, but still, I mean, I it's so hard to say just because I don't think that. If you plug Rich Rodriguez into a lot of teams, I think that they'll be able to find success um more sooner more than later. So really, I could it it I can't really put a number on it, honestly. If they won if they won eight games, I wouldn't be surprised just because of the um kind of the culture that Rich Rodriguez has been able to instill in just his last couple seasons here. And Thomas,
0: that leads me into what I wanted to ask because it sounds like that you know, with Rich Rodriguez leading the way, it it sounds like Jacksonville State and their fan base and obviously those around the team feel very confident that, you know, JSU can not only make the transition to FBS and to Conference USA, but that they can become a power at Conference USA based off of just what they've done in years past.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at, you know, they, they made the national championship in 2015 at the FCS level, and, um, and Rich Rodriguez knows, you know, that – he's, he's there to win. And um, he, the way that if you, if you went out there and you watched practice, you would know that it's different. It's way different than in years past. And the players say it's so fast paced. Like I'm having to, I'm having a hard time keeping up, but still, it's the way that the culture is around here and the way that Rich Rodriguez is running it. I mean, it's just, taken to the next level. So um, I wouldn't be surprised um, if Jacksonville state surprised a lot of people. And that's not me just saying that that's me being genuine and saying, I think that they'll be able to win a few games that um, people might not expect this season.
0: Thomas it's game versus game at Williams Bryce stadium. I got to know what was your thoughts when you saw the announcement that it was going to be South Carolina, Jacksonville state first ever meeting, but game Cox first game I wondered, and when I saw the announcement, first off, I chuckled. Second off, I just wondered, how has this never happened before, right? We get the, the battle of the USC's, the battle of the Carolinas, which is how South Carolina will begin their season this year against UNC. It's long overdue that we have the battle of the Gamecocks. What was your immediate reaction to seeing that this game would be on the 2023 schedule?
2: I think you said it best. I think it's long overdue. I mean, these two programs have been around for a long time, and to see them not having played, um, considering they're both Gamecocks, is kind of a little bit surprising. Um, But still, I mean, I think it should be really exciting. Um, It gives Jacksonville State a strong opponent as they head into the FBS um, level. But still, I mean, regardless of what level you are, going against an SEC opponent is always exciting.
0: Thomas, I don't know how much South Carolina football you've been able to watch or kind of see the program from far, but w- what are your thoughts on the Gamecocks football program coming into year three under Shane Beamer? Obviously, everybody probably took notice of last year, close out the season, beating Tennessee, beating Clemson, back-to-back top 10 wins. Just overall thoughts and and what you feel. I mean, again, it's way down the road. They're focused on getting ready for week zero, but how, do J- how does JSU Nation feel about this matchup?
2: Yeah, um, a little bit about me. I mean, you might – Kick me off the podcast for this, but I grew up a Georgia fan, so I'm very, very familiar um, with uh, South Carolina football. They're the team that I mean, you could never guarantee a win, uh, no matter if they were 0 and 9 or 9 and 0. You couldn't guarantee a win or a loss against South Carolina. So I know the kind of wild card that South Carolina brings. But I watching Shane Beamer coach is very exciting. Um, I enjoy watching his football and the way that. Um, South Carolina plays football um, I and going against Rich Rodriguez as well. I think that there'll just be, if this, if it goes the way that um, the tickets kind of want them to go, I think that they're, that it could be a really high scoring matchup. I think that'd be a lot of fun to see, but, um, but I'm very familiar with South Carolina historically and, um, and watching them in the last couple of seasons. I mean, it's been really exciting. So wh- whatever way you want to paint this, I think it'll be a really fun game for sure.
0: Well, and Thomas, you know, it's Gamecock fans chalk this up as a win. at South Carolina Gamecock <clears throat> fans, excuse me, they chalk this up as a win. Most folks are going to look and say put that as a W. But to your point, I think what's interesting, I mean, this is a JSU team led by Zion Webb, a veteran quarterback, that they've gone and dote Campbell and beat Florida State. So, like, I, I don't think they'll be necessarily intimidated by 80,000 at williams Bryce. Like, I think they'll look at it as an opportunity. Obviously, I think we all agree the – South Carolina gamecock should be the favorite and should likely win. But I say this don't sleep on JSU, man, because they've been there before. And, you know, if you think you're just going to roll your helmets out there and, and beat Jacksonville State, especially under Rich Rodriguez, I think you might have another
2: thing coming. I mean, if you look at their history with SEC opponents, I mean, the first, the first points on Auburn's scoreboard were scored by Jacksonville State. Um, they took him to overtime and 27 to I think 27 or 28 to 20. I don't remember. But um, still, I mean, they've had success against SEC opponents in the past. I don't see why plug why Rich Rodriguez's run team wouldn't be able to find success in that same way. Mm-hmm. Thomas
0: Ashworth of the Anison Star does a fantastic job talking all things Jacksonville State Gamecocks football. Thomas cannot wait for the matchup. Let everyone know where they can check out all your work.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Thomas Ashworth Zero. Um, we post some uh, a lot of articles. We post podcasts that we host. Um, if for some reason there's a Jacksonville State fan among your listeners, uh, go check it out. But um, still, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be down there for at the South Carolina games, so um, we'll be tweeting about it in some way or another. But um, I mean, thank you for having me on the show. It was really fun.
0: Thomas, I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Let me say this: maybe the best Gamecocks win.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs)